I'll suck your cock, pretty boy. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Horrible Friends. It's a podcast about horror movies in book club format. And this week we have The Great Evil Dead from 2013, the remake that's not really a remake to some people, which, yeah, sure, whatever, we'll get into it. Starting off, I'm Kyle. I'm Chris. I'm Dan. And I'm Jarvis. And the way this here podcast is going to work is we're going to tell you a little bit of history. We're going to tell you about the movie. Uh, you're going to follow along with us. You're going to have a great time. And then we're going to tell you how scared we were while we were watching it. So, Dan, what kind of history we got on this here? Uh, are we going to say, yeah, this this movie. Absolutely. So, The Evil Dead 2013, um, the director for this, and one of the co-writers is Fidi Alvarez. Uh Fidi Alvarez is known for doing movies such as Don't Breathe, uh, The Girl in the Spider's Web, and Calls. He did nine episodes of Calls as well. Uh, the other writer for this is Rodo Sayagas. And Rodo Sayagas actually works a lot with Fidi Alvarez. Um, he's known for doing movies like Don't Breathe, Don't Breathe 2, and the newest Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, he's known for writing those different things. Which, Don't Breathe, I really want to watch that movie. I don't know if you guys have heard of that. No, I have, yes. It's a fantastic movie. It's a really good watch. I'm, I'm very excited it. to see it. Yeah, it's about like these people who try to break into someone's house. And then turns out that the guy is just like crazy ass like ex-Marine. And like, but he's blind. So he just mm-hmm. has like, he's Daredevil. That's Bit of that's a badass. <laughs> that's also starring Jane Levy, by the way. So, mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, cast. Uh, which is a really nice transition. Uh, the actors in this. So I'm just going to name the two because you know, I don't want to go through the whole list. But Jane Levy is one of them. Jane Levy's known for Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, which is a TV show, which sounds really fucking cool and very funny. Um, it's all about like she hears musical numbers in her head for like different scenarios and people. And yeah, sounds funny. Uh, and she's also, as Jarvis said, in Don't Breathe. And then Shiloh Fernandez, who is known for doing movies like Red Riding Hood, The East, and Dead Girl. So the budget for this movie was $17 million, and the box office for it was $97.5 million. Ka-ching. Yeah. Money. There is a reason. This deserves well deserved. every cent it earned. I agree. Very well deserved. And seventeen million. We it, it all went to the blood, right? It all went to the hundred percent. So much, <laughs> so much blood. It's a surprising amount of fake blood used, even by our standards. So the runtime for this again, uh, we are just like on a good string lately. I guess Kyle just hasn't picked out a movie lately, but uh, an hour and thirty one <laughs> minutes. It's <great>. I dare you. <laughs> <laughs> My movies are wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) So we have a tight hour and 31 minutes for this movie. It's great. It's fantastic. We love it. Tight. Other 2013 horror movies that we could have watched. Uh, I also wanted to say, uh, I've never said this before, but I'm going to say this moving forward. The reason I I list up the horror movies that came out is I just want you to be able to see what it went up against and other horror movies and see like, was this the best one for this year? So other movies that did come out this year, The Purge, The Conjuring, Mama. Uh, so some decent movies came out this year. It was an incredibly competitive year for horror yeah, movies. Especially it, with yeah. Purge and Conjuring. Mama oh was my God, okay. Yeah. Mama even, though, it, it had a really good reception by audiences. And it was hmm? it was thought to be pretty damn scary. Uh, still not bad, even by today's standards. So, uh, And plus I had Jessica later. Chastain, so... Uh, I wanted to come back in here and say uh, just just a quick Google and uh, we joked about there being a lot of money spent on blood and a lot of blood money, if you will. Uh, <laughs> so we'll, we'll get into the I guess how much, but I'll give you a sneak peek here. Uh, it was worth probably around one point seven million dollars worth of blood. Great. We'll just say that much. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, it's a lot of money on blood. I mean, that's that's effectively 10 percent of the whole budget. 
Ten <laughs> percent of the budget. Oh wow. my god! <laughs> it's a to fake blood. It's amazing, and that's like party city cost. Like this had to be more expensive. No, you know when they were party city quality. You know when they yeah. were writing, like we're writing an Evil Dead movie. So how much of the budget can we have towards blood, and can it be more? Well, the investors say we can only spend uh, 500 How much? <laughs> no. We can give you about 10% of the budget. Of the budget. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. We'll work backwards from there. <laughs> so the filming location, uh, do you guys want to guess where in the United States this was filmed? Georgia. Canada. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say Canada. Don't you ruin this. Don't you ruin this for me. Uh, I'm actually going to guess like Michigan. I'm thinking Alabama. You're all stupid. It wasn't filmed in the United States. It was in New Zealand. (laughs) It was in Austin, New Zealand. (laughs) Get out. Okay. Because I was like, there's no way they filmed it like at the same place like the original cabin. Because I know like the original cabin was like destroyed. Well, we know a lot of places in New Zealand and Canada give like pretty incredible incentives and tax breaks for these kind of projects. So it makes sense. Yeah. I was actually thinking that it was filmed in Tennessee like they did in the last one. And then I read it and I was like, I'm so stupid. It's way too pretty to be Tennessee. <laughs> Damn. You got anything to say there, Jarvis? Or- I, I'm going to I'm gonna let that one go. That's probably the state I'm going to die in. But uh... <laughs> For one reason or another. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I might run for office there one day. So, Tennessee, we love hey, you. Hey, if Kane can do it. Then you can do it. You Fucking know A I mean? right. Fucking A right. <laughs> and weirdly, you'd be the most progressive candidate they've ever had. So good job. <laughs> That's a uh, lot. Isn't it? <laughs> it is. All right. All right, boys. It's time. It is time for the time. Give me them. Here's your taglines. Oh, give me them. Give me them. Give me them. So we have two taglines. The first one. The most terrifying film you will ever experience. Correct. <laughs> Correct, but I don't know if I like it as a tagline. I like it. Yeah, that's, don't tell me how to feel. Dude, that's that's <laughs> just unzipping and just throwing it on the table and just letting everyone stare at it. <laughs> right? That is that is a big thing to say for a horror movie. And I like it. Cockiness. It's if if it really is that good of a movie, then it sounds great. If it's not, oh boy. <laughs> oh yeah, we're gonna rip it to pieces. Yeah, imagine this. Deathbed. The bed that eats. The scariest <laughs> horror film you've ever seen. How dare you? <laughs> that was the scariest film I had ever seen until this point, so oh, fair. The I bed ate the apple, nightmare. Kyle. It <laughs> ate the apple the skeleton hands. I see the skeleton hands in my sleep. <laughs> I forgot about the skeleton hands. <laughs> like, oh god, no. Don't use them for kindling. No, no. And our second one. Fear what you will become. Also very good. Yeah, I like, I like that, that one. I'm good with it. And with that, I am going to continue to talk for a long time as I say the plot summary. So here we go. And I am so, so happy that I am the one that gets to do this plot summary because I loved this movie. It was the first time I saw it. Love this movie. Um, Sorry, that's like leading a little bit too much, but I love this movie. I don't care. No, and to clarify, and to clarify, this, us recording this, this movie is kind of a last minute thing. We had another movie teed up, but you saw this movie and were so enamored by it that you like gathered the troops and said, we're doing this one. You know what? Everyone on our horror is always like, everyone always just like name drops the Evil Dead 2013. And they're like, that movie's great. And then people on like, what culture horror, are like uh, 2013's Evil Dead. And then you guys will talk about 2013's Evil Dead. And I'm like, man, I'm a sucker. This shit is in my head. I need to watch this shit. <laughs> and at the mm-hmm. time of recording, we just recently got the trailer for the new Evil Dead. So yep. kind of sparked the hype. Mm-hmm. I've waited 10 long years for that trailer, and it did not disappoint. I I, I want to get it out of the way now. Uh, if if we have any listeners who listen to our original 1980 Evil Dead recording, um, I was not a fan. Uh, I'll be the first to say it. Didn't didn't really like it. I think it's hokey, and I think it's a little campy, uh, a, a little more so than I'm usually in the mood for. But this took every positive from that movie, expanded on it, 
and took all the negatives as well and just turned it into this perfect, near perfect movie. I, I, I have almost nothing bad to say about this movie, which is, which is kind of startling for me because I always like to have little, little, you know, quips and, and jokes here and there, but I, I really don't have much. So let me guess, this movie starts out with like five, I don't know, five kids they're on their way to like a cabin in the woods or something like that. Is that? Oh, how, this how did thing you know? <laughs> oh, it, that's right. the best thing about this. It's so refreshing. It's something you've never seen before. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine the elevator pitch for, for remaking Evil Dead. They were like, okay, so this movie's about five kids. They're going out to the cabin in the, the middle cabin. of the woods. And, yeah, and no, everybody, we've seen it. <laughs> and everybody's like, uh huh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell me they go down to the cellar. They go into the cellar. (laughs) Guys, you're skipping ahead of the plot. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) So our movie begins with there's a girl and she's running through the woods. And it is a this is a great, great twist beginning of the movie. It's really going to be a whodunit. Uh, There's a girl. She's running through the woods on this foggy night. And suddenly she has a sack thrown over her head. She is captured by unknown assailants. She wakes up in a cellar filled with dead cats and people that are staring and watching that are kind of look like, uh, I don't know, kind of look kind of strange. And there's an old woman reading from from a book. And there's a man with glasses whom we find out is her dad. And the girl begins to plead to her dad to be let out as he's dousing her with gasoline and talking about her mother. And we find out he says, you're the one who killed your mother. And she starts to cry. And as he begins to light the match, she start, her voice changes. And we hear her say that she's going to eat his soul. And her eyes begin to change. And then we see her father light her on fire as she begins to curse and scream his name. And the father loads the shotgun. He looks at her in the face and says, I love you, baby. She screams at him as she's engulfed in flames, and then he shoots her head clean off. The days of cackling and flying bookshelves are fucking gone. This movie, (laughs) the tone we start with here is just full throttle from the start. Complete misdirection, right? Because we don't know if this is our protagonist, our antagonist. We have no idea what the fuck's going on. And this is all just kind of a build to, to... so I, I guess really kind of establish a timeline that the book and the demons have been at work. We don't know where this falls in, but this is such a strong start to a movie. I had no idea where this was going. I was like, holy fuck, they're sacrificing this girl. And then all of a sudden he's like, you killed your mom. And then I was like, what the fuck is going on? That shit got dark real quick. It was amazing. <laughs> You are your mom. <laughs> I was like, what am I? My favorite thing about like really anything in the Evil Dead franchise is just that possessed deadite voice. I fucking love that. It's very good. Whether it was in like the original movies, the TV series, this movie, uh, I fucking love it. So three years pass, and the year is now 2011, and we meet five people. They're in their mid-twenties, and they're meeting up at this cabin in the woods. Oh, my God. You guys spoiled it. Meeting at this cabin in the woods. (laughs) Shit. No one saw it coming. And we meet me and David, who are brother and sister. We meet Natalie, who's David's girlfriend. We meet Grandpa, which really confused me, and I had to ask you guys about, which is Mia's dog. And um, we meet Olivia and Eric, who are partners. Olivia being a a, a registered nurse. And Eric being a history teacher. And we learn that they're here because they're trying to help Mia overcome her heroin addiction. And are going to stay with her while she goes through a withdrawal. So being that Olivia is a registered nurse, she's decided to take it upon herself to run things and ask for support from everyone else. And explains that while they're here, Mia's going to be probably feeling sick, vomiting, and you know she's going to be doing things that she normally wouldn't be doing. So immediately, first thoughts, uh, when we first meet Mia's character, she is sitting on a car. You guys recognize that car, by the way? Was that the car from the original film? Is that the car? It is, it is the car <laughs> from the original that film. Is, it's oh it's the same make and model. wagon? Yeah, not, not the exact car, I presume. But yeah, same make and model. It's the same wagon, which, very nice touch. All of these things, it, it, it never feels like pandering. You know, it's never, even the characters, we're not setting up a one-for-one 
you know, from the 1980 to the 2013, you know, they, they make a good effort to celebrate the original, uh, but just in really nice background touches, if you will. And the other thing that they improved upon was the necklace. You guys remember the conversation we had about that necklace, the mm-hmm. original? It I was do. like the uh, the tiny Bruce magnifying Cam- glass. <laughs> and Bruce Campbell yes. hated it. Right. Because <laughs> it was stupid. like bought at a dollar yeah. store. Yeah. He, so yeah. he literally told Sam Raimi, he's like, this is the ugliest piece of jewelry I've ever seen. And he's like, well, it's a big point to the plot. And he said, what the fuck? And it's really not. <laughs> I mean, if anything, it just inferred that he had a micro penis. I stand by that. But this. <laughs> <laughs> I'll but say this- it once and I'll put it on my campaign slogan. <laughs> this i mean this takes it and just throws that out the window and now the the necklace can be used for symbolism right because it's it's an olive branch it's an offering for kind of in a strange relationship between a brother and a sister right who have kind of a past that they're going to work through and the the last thing before we can go back is i love that they used a common goal as sort of the catalyst to bring the characters together. Because before it was just, hey, it's five friends. We're going to a cabin in the woods. We're going to drink moonshine on the way. That's not what this is. And the tones kind of match that, right? They don't all necessarily want to be there. This isn't something they've been looking forward to. This is something that they have to do for their friend Mia to get her off of drugs. And I think starting out with that tone of drug addiction, I think that's the best way to set the characters up. That's the best backdrop to be set up against, right? Yeah, because I, I think trying to shoehorn in like a weekend at the parents' fully dilapidated uh, cabin, I think it's just like it's overused. So yeah, trying to go out there to 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 hopefully help get over an addiction, I think it's I think it's fair. I think it's fair play. My my only complaint about that was like, <clears throat> and maybe I just missed it while I was watching it, but wh- whose cabin is this? Did they just like stumble upon a cabin and they were like, it's their old family cabin yeah that's why they oh, okay, okay yeah they have like their old pictures on the wall and it's, yeah i think oh, the line was something okay, like uh sense. like mom and dad would be ashamed of the current status of the cabin or something like that and that's when they're like let's go and do an hgtv makeover of the cabin and then they start nailing stuff into the wall yeah <laughs> <laughs> they nailed one board and they were like all right <laughs> yep. it's beautiful Done. <laughs> and they dumped a metric ton of heroin down that well i mean i'm I, mm-hmm. I, i've never done hard drugs or any drugs um but <laughs> ever <laughs> ever never ever. In my life. never but i think that's a lot bigger than what I would expect from like a like a street level drug salesman to to be able to provide. That was, I mean, she just kept shaking it. That's so much heroin. Sometimes yep. you buy in bulk, all right? It's a better deal. It's <laughs> so I hear. So my question is: Do you think a lot of the events in the movie could? I mean, they're all drinking the tap water. Do you, do you think they're all just on heroin? Uh, so it's in the well water, and they're just chugging heroin. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I like that movie. <laughs> chugging heroin? Yeah, Chugging Heroin. That's a great movie. Huh. I think it's the sequel to Old Yeller. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> or Little Miss Sunshine. Is like the sequel <laughs> it's, to Little Miss Sunshine. it's the prequel to Little Miss Sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Premiering at South by Southwest. <laughs> chugging heroin. <laughs> so, Mia begins to complain as she's going through withdrawal about a wretched smell of decay and although the group initially doesn't believe her they end up finding a cellar that has blood leading up to it and you know of course you always go into god damn it guys you fucking ruined it of course they go into the cellar (laughs) (laughs) so they go in the cellar and they find dead hanging cats a book which is called the norom de Monto which is wrapped in a trash bag and barbed wire, and they find a shotgun with some shells next to it. Eric, you got to leave your barbed wire book on the table with shotguns. Like, it's oh, the best place to live. Always. You always do that. These are the rules of HGTV. Like, you do not, you do not abscond from those <laughs> rules. Yeah. Well, Eric, being a history teacher, of course he has to read the book out loud in private, and he awakens this demon or some entity which um, beautifully done with the camera work, really nice homage to uh, the original one. And um, it begins to haunt Mia. So Mia, she steals a car. She runs away from the group. But as she's trying to do that, she crashes into a swamp. Uh, As the car is sinking, she wakes up 
and she tries to run away or stumble away, but she's scared by a body which emerges from the murky waters. And as she's running, she is tangled up by vines and the demonic entity catches up with her and vomits out a worm-like vine creature which crawls under Mia's dress and burrows within her. Gross. That's a nice way to say the tree molested her, but yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> I will say, I you know what? I think that this was this scene was done way better in the remake uh, than yeah. the original. Let's talk about that. Yeah, I mean, we we can we can double back because there's definitely some other things to talk about. There's, Let, let's, there's lots of stuff to talk about in there. Right? Like, how do you do it? How let's they do talk it? about the elephant in the room. <laughs> For, before we get started, can I say I don't think there was a tasteful way around kind of like the behavior of demons right because mm-hmm. yes there's a sexual aspect it's it's absolutely rape um we've had this discussion before tell me if you would dan kind of what you saw that you were more appreciative of this one even though the kind of like the end was the end result was still the same what about this kind of change your perspective so in this one it wasn't some giant elongated scene it kind of like was like this is happening mm-hmm. and we got to the point really quick whereas in something like the original it was like a really elongated scene which made it seem like it was a 70s tentacle porn scene uh-huh. more so than just like I, I don't know an entity taking over her my, my wife and i actually had like a really long conversation about this and like the differences between the two yeah i think there's something about like it's it's not coming from the tree it's kind of its own being as well like there's something about that where it's not so we i don't know it just like it's kind of like it just went into her rather than like had sex with her well let's break it down you know what i mean yeah can can i also say i would have i think i would have been creeped out more if it would have gone into her mouth and forced itself in that way Hmm. i think that would have been way creepier in i mean it came out of the other girl's mouth so there's yeah, nothing so, to say that out of her mouth just gone into in. her mouth. <laughs> yeah, right. The original Two girls, one, one. Two girls, one mouth. Peed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. no, I don't. I don't think I'm signing up for for that Patreon exclusive. Aren't but, you? Aren't um, you? <laughs> you? You can't sign up when you've already signed up for it. Yeah, correct. You can't Maybe do like it twice. Can't sign up twice. I, yeah, I, I don't need I, like more than one month, but yeah, sorry. <laughs> I, I actually like, you know, just, just for the sake of specificity, let's break it down, right? Because the original, you're right. It's just all focus on the girl and sort of her torture. There's no specific, uh, the, the demon's not there. It's just like the tree has possessed or uh, the demons possess the tree. And all of the focus is on her exposure, her embarrassment, you know, her fear going on through the whole thing where those things are still in there we're cutting back and forth because now we have this other demon entity version of Mia present. So like, I feel like the focus is more on her fear than what is happening to Mia. You know, it's wrapped up quick. Um, but I think, you know, the horror element is always central to it. It's not just let's, let's do something really gross and fucked up, you know, for the sake of it. I laugh so hard. It's just like every turn of the page. Don't read this. Hmm. Don't say this. Hmm. It didn't specify. Yeah. <laughs> he's, it he's couldn't have been more big. He's like, yeah. oh. he's saying everything out loud. He's like, oh, don't read this. <laughs> don't turn the page. Well, I don't mind if I do. Do you guys remember? Don't the mind words? if I uh, translate this by you know putting this paper over using a pencil. Ah. Yeah. Let me quickly transcribe it was, this. It was all by accident. We we can all agree that Eric deserved to die, right? <laughs> we, everyone <laughs> wanted Eric to die at that part, right? Yeah. yeah. He has it coming. He's, he does. He's. Uh, I mean, w- once he says the words, I mean, there's no turning back. You you hear Kunda, Eric Estrada, Mantore, <laughs> Honda. <laughs> He's a... At the same time, he's a better bully jerk than I think we had in the first movie as well. Because he's not 100% a bully jerk. He's just a little uh, upset that his friend mm. stopped talking to him for a long time. And he's a <laughs> like, little pretentious. Like, he thinks yes. he's better than him. You, you get a that high air school of teacher. smug. <laughs> yeah. Not quite like Reddit fucking incel. <laughs> Close. But, right. But <laughs> it, it's kind of there. So it, it it's sort of a different kind of bully. All of these characters, they do kind of match up to their opposite from, you know, the original 1980, just yeah. in a different, more effective way. 
more than just like it, it's the it's the fact that they aren't just a a single sided being. Mm-hmm. They have they have a couple of extra features that aren't just I'm the bully character and I am the woman character. Like it's it's just a little different, which I appreciate. I, f- I felt the depth of like, every yeah. of every kill because they yeah. all contributed in some way. It's not just a yeah. final girl s- yeah. situation where it's like, okay, this is Amy. She's going to be the one with an arrow to her head. You know, that's yeah. Tom. He's going to get you know his legs chopped off, and then a gator's going to eat him. You know what I mean? It's there <laughs> were very there were very personal like deaths. Mm-hmm. So the group goes out and they retrieve Mia. They find her. Uh, curled up in a fetal position next to a tree. And uh, as they come back, David finds Grandpa, who was bludgeoned to death by Hammer. Oof, yeah. Man, man, the the cut, like, they don't actually show it, but they show it. Like, and they were like, where she's mm-hmm. just screeching and hammering. Oh, my God, I loved it. Oh, God. It starts Things, off like they're pulling brutal. the punch. Right, because they don't show Grandpa, yeah. but instead they show the murder, and it's yeah. so much worse. Yeah, it is. So David goes inside, and he wants to confront Mia. And as he's trying to kick the door in, steam starts pouring out from the room, and he finds her uh, in scalding hot water with, I believe it's third-degree burns that are all over her face. Uh, yeah. This... Yeah, ouch. Looked, looked painful. Yeah, ow. Uh, like, look, I like hot showers, but. <laughs> <laughs> so as the group is discussing about Mia um, and what to do, she emerges from the room, shotgun in hand. And as David tells her to put the fucking gun down before he even gets the final word out, she shoots him in the shoulder. And the door slams open and wind bellows in and she begins to scream and then it goes silent. And she calmly tells everyone, you're all going to die here tonight. And immediately falls to the floor. And as, as they scream to Olivia to grab the shotgun, Olivia runs over to try to grab it. Mia grabs her arm, throws her to the floor, and just, just vomits like chunks all in her mouth and all over her. Just like all over the place, really. Like, I, there's no good word to, to use for this. Um, it's gross. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Olivia does the natural thing and throws her in a cellar for vomiting on her. And then Eric slams the door. And right before he slams it, you just see Mia standing at the bottom of the steps and he slams it shut. And then he locks it. This, uh, I, I think this is really like where the movie picks up all the speed. This is like act two. We, we mm-hmm. just hit it. Yep. Yeah, the scene's set. Now they can't go anywhere. All right, so let's let's talk Mia's demons. Because when they recover her, they bring her back. And that first scene that we see after she's possessed is her in her room. And she's trying to sit there quietly. And the fear that Jane Levy produces in her eyes is so palpable. She so is so good. good in this. Mia is terrified. And we learn pretty quickly, it's because everything she sees, she sees the demons everywhere. And all of them are her. Right, which obviously is a good is a really good analogy for kind of like the own her own demons that she's facing. That's why she's there in the first place. And and, and this is this is good a point as any to talk about. Thank God Jane Levy stuck with this project because this could not have been easy. I mean, she was drenched in blood every day for I don't know how many months. No, her her range in this is just incredible. She has to play so many roles and she does them all beautifully. She has to play the drug addict, right? She has to play the victim. Then she has to play a deadite. Then she has to like be the mother of all deadites. Uh, what what do you, what do we call it, Dan? The abomination. The abomination. The abomination. And then she, uh, you know, we're we're skipping ahead, but you know, she has to also play the hero. And thank God she stuck with this because she made this movie, in my opinion. But also the shower scene. Um, good lord, the Man, body, the body in horror movie. in this is so good. I love body horror. And you think if Jarvis starts a sentence with the shower scene, you think <laughs> something different. And I, I, uh, I couldn't be less interested in seeing a single nipple. You know what I mean? Like uh, <laughs> that's that's the farthest thing. And and you know, Dan, true to form, you know, going back to like when we originally started the nude clock. Um, you know, it's we we say it every week. It's to point out the absurdity in in movies because it's it's like an enhancer. This doesn't need that. I don't. I don't think anyone's eyes could leave Correct. the screen any more than I, they already are. 
you know. And I think a lot they, they enhance movies, the the nude portions of of the movies when they throw in a boob here and there. It, they enhance a movie that's I'm not going to say they're all bad, like the the movies that you know force out a, a a nipple scene or whatever. But usually they're on the 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 worst side of things, or they're from like a time period where just showing a boob was just fun to do, I guess. But uh, this one, you you don't want it. Like (laughs) you don't want anything while you're watching this movie. (laughs) There's so the the body horror is so extreme in this film. It's it's tough, and they specifically chose to stick with uh, uh, practical effects for this whole thing. I think, and it's amazing. Almost everything in here is a practical effect. And by the way, the cats from earlier hanging in the basement. I mean, this this is a behind the scenes look at the Beanie Babies factory. And (laughs) if if your mom's still wondering why she's not a millionaire because of the collection she had, well, this was the price. Okay, I wasn't sure where you're going with that when you were starting that sense of like everything was practical. You know, the cats hanging in the basement didn't know where you (laughs) were going with that. No, no. they're all real. (laughs) Please now, please don't. Everyone in the cast had to kill five cats a day. Oh my god. I just want to take a second to point out two things. One, that vomit scene was amazing. Like, so yeah, was great. good and so disgusting. disgusting. I want a strawberry smoothie so bad right now. I can't, <laughs> I can't fathom why. The other thing is, what a simple scene of me just saying, you're all going to die here tonight, and then just passing out. But it was so effective and powerful. It's like the punches never stop, though, right? And I don't mean that just in you know, what, what's happening on the screen. I I mean that in every facet to include the audio, because what we get is like the gunshot. And then we get, uh, like the, the sound still, like all the audio is taken out to kind of like bring us even deeper into the moment. And then they hit that with a camera pan from the outside and the door burst open. And it's just sound and screams coming from Mia. I mean, it's just, it's perfect. It's done so well. It grips you every second. Yeah, and like you said before, Jarvis, it, it takes the, the campiness. It somehow takes a campy shot with a campy sound. Well, not a sound effect, but like it, it takes all the campy pieces and turns it into good. It turns it into really good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, buckle up because it's only going to get better. Here we go. So Olivia, as she's told to go and get the tranquilizer, she goes into the bathroom. She closes the mirror and all of a sudden you see some vision of herself with just teeth and part of the face is missing and then the glass shatters and she backs away she recomposes herself and she begins to walk towards the exit as the door slowly closes for her exit and she is immediately frozen in place and she begins to twitch just like mia had earlier and she soils herself and drops her things and eric hears a loud noise and as it's been a while he goes to investigate and he finds olivia carving the left side of her face um doing her best joker impression really if you will um so i didn't have to ask how she got those scars <laughs> nope you I saw, saw it. it and really it's it's very uh it it looks very similar to the way that she looked in the mirror just a few few minutes ago um eric startled falls back and he slams his back onto the toilet and Olivia begins to crawl towards him as he is somewhat paralyzed for a second from the pain in his back. And she takes uh, what looks like a shard of glass or a piece of metal and she rams it into his shoulder. And she then immediately grabs the syringe that she had and screeches this just blood curdling screech and begins to stab him through his glasses with the syringe until he manages to knock her off. And as he does that, he pulls the needle from under his eye and then sees Olivia crawling towards him. So he grabs the broken porcelain from the toilet and he repeatedly smashes her head in until David and the rest of them come barging through the door. Oh, so good. (laughs) So intense. It's too intense. <laughs> this, this movie was like oh, so God. crazy intense the whole time. Uh, but but specifically here, yeah, it's, the, it's rough. The screeching when she's stabbing him with the syringe is just like, it's visceral. holy hell, yeah. it's crazy. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
that it's animalistic. Needle, yeah, the needle to the eyeball is one of my top fucko fucks of all time. Like it was mm-hmm. very difficult to watch. I'll never forget the first time watching it. Chris, you say all the time, like you know, you're like you know, kind of hiding behind something when something gets really uncomfortable, or and you know, most times I just can't relate. But I this one, this one. I, I'm, I'm like hiding inside myself, trying not to watch this, but I can't. I can't look away. I'll give you one guess um, if I did that at all during this movie. <laughs> <Does it now? laughs> this was your first full time watching it, too, right? Yeah, first time, like full movie. Like I'd seen, be- I had seen bits and pieces, like the part I had seen, uh, you know, like floating the air and saying, you know, you're all gonna die tonight. Like I had seen that before. This again, we keep saying this is just the tip of the iceberg, but like. It keeps on being just the tip of the iceberg. It keeps going. (laughs) It just keeps going. Imagine this in any other movie. This scene, right? The facelift into like the bludgeoning into the needle in the eye. Like this would be the absolute top of the... This is the top of Mount Everest for a lot of other horror movies. And we have not begun to party in this one. (laughs) It's like they put an Everest on an Everest and you're like, you can't put two Everest together. And you're like, try me. (laughs) What do you mean you inverted the Marianas Trench? How did you do that? (laughs) I will say this is the part in the movie where I started to be like, okay, I I think I think Eric's had enough. I think we've had enough with Eric. I think he's transgressed for his sins Mm -hmm. of bringing this apart. Nope. He has not even Mm -hmm. begun. (laughs) We got more for Eric. Oh, no. Oh, no. You so, ain't done yet, boy. <laughs> so let's see what happens to, to our boy, Eric. So as David uh, takes Eric, he takes him out into the shed, and he begins to try to mend Eric's shoulder. And he asks Natalie, who's out there with them, to go and grab some sugar water, uh, saying that that'll help like keep him awake. And I don't really know what other reason, actually, because I was too in shock from the previous scene to really hear what they had to say, I'll be honest. <laughs> It's just keeping the glue close up in the blood because okay. your, your body needs sugar to all right, reduce nerd. all the Hold blood. Down. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so Eric, then he reveals that he read from the book. Oh my God, he did it. And he believes that all these things are being released uh, due to him reading from the book. Thank you. Eric, all I did was that. say some weird demonic sayings in a book that said, don't read don't do this, don't do that. And I, you know, I didn't think it would happen. It's not like they were redacted over and over or anything. It's not like I had to to pull out some fucking detective method. My ancient family decoder ring that I had stacked away somewhere. (laughs) Yeah, the Annie Oakley decoder ring. (laughs) What if, what if he did decode it and it just said, buy more or, Orban dollar? Drink your, drink your, Orban team, that's it. Whatever the fuck. Is that a stock I don't know about? <laughs> Buy more overlaw. I don't know. I'm sorry. I tried to reference. I don't see any more Ovaltine on the shelves. And I'm not saying it had to do with demonic cults. <laughs> but I guess we can't refute that either. Natalie goes back into the house and she hears Mia crying in the basement. So, you know, naturally, Natalie uh, goes down to the basement and she's like, oh, I better go check on her. And it's promptly locked in after trying to escape. So Natalie wakes back up. She gets knocked out. She wakes back up and she tries to defend herself with a box cutter. And uh, Mia takes the box cutter and, you know, makes a snake tongue out of her tongue. And mm-hmm. what, what does she say? She says, kiss me. You, you what, what is it? Oh, Kiss Me You Cunt. Kiss Me You Cunt. That's yeah. my favorite yeah. Frank Sinatra song. I love <laughs> To which I replied, I love you? <laughs> <laughs> I will say, at this point, I had completely forgotten about Natalie as a character until this point. Uh-huh. <laughs> she kind of disappeared for a while. Yeah, she yeah, kind of disappeared. It was just like, for a second, I, I thought I was like, wait, who's this brand new character they're just throwing into the movie all of a sudden? Into the <laughs> oh, that's who's her face. I don't give a fuck about anyone else in that house. Just go ahead and shut the door. Keep like me, me and her got it from here. Okay, me, me and I will figure all this out. I got it from here. Y'all, y'all go back on upstairs. We good. Seven minutes in hell. <laughs> Sign me up. I think that is true of Eric because you know Mia immediately latches onto Natalie's face and starts 
you know, sucking face with her until David shows up and ruins the party and takes Natalie out. And then Mia yells, I'll suck your cock, pretty boy. And then they lock the door again. That's her brother. (laughs) Yeah, that's him. (laughs) That is her brother. If, I don't if know. This people movie, are into that now, aren't they? Aren't I was going like to say, if this movie up? was made in 2023... People would be like, oh. She, she would have been like, help me, brother. I'm stuck down here in the well. <laughs> we can't go one season. Not one season. Step, brother. <laughs> I'm stuck in the steps. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> We're so close. Oh, God damn it. All it took was someone saying, I'll suck your cock, bro. Yeah. <laughs> You know what? Usually, it's not even that far off. Like, that is pretty self-explanatory. I will suck your cock, pretty boy. That's her brother. Yep, that's it. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, this wasn't a stretch by any means. They didn't even need to make a porn version of this. It's right there. This is is my porn version of this. Mia is, (laughs) oh my god. Jane Jane Levy is gorgeous as is, but I don't know, something about bifurcating her tongue into like a serpent tongue with a box cutter i just i'm really happy that's where you went and it was like she me- something about her saying i'll suck your mm-hmm. cock to her brother just really mm-hmm. did it for me. oh i i mean in, in this scenario i'm her brother i don't give a fuck like, I mean, <laughs> I, so i'm gonna it, it's I'm gonna like she read my dream to make sure she's okay <laughs> so we learn that the taker of souls needs five souls to unleash the abomination and uh, separately, we find that Natalie is alone and her arm is starting to become possessed. So thinking quickly, she takes a meat cutter and she begins to slice her arm off until the power goes out. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I, I, I can tell that you really like this scene um, because, mm-hmm. you know, when, when David and Eric come, come back, they, or I guess it's just David at this point, isn't it? I can't remember. But David's definitely there. And as he comes over, she's like, I had to take my arm off. I feel much better. And her arm just like, just, you know, just, just flops. Just, just flops mm-hmm. off. Just a little, little piece of it? skin. Yeah, the last, the last it? bit of tissue holding it's like it together. A piece of, is just it's like, like a piece of turkey nope. leg. It's like the little piece of skin for the turkey leg. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Chris, give me, give me your reaction. It was a lot of crying. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle, you're you're notoriously making dinner when we watch these movies. Um, yep, and I think you said you were eating dinner as, as I you was. watched this. So uh, talk to me about how this uh, how this did with the digestion. Well, it didn't stop me from eating dinner. I can tell you that much. Well, that's good. I yeah. I mean, nothing will stop me from eating dinner. But <laughs> what I can tell you is, uh, yeah, uh, eat. It was uncomfortable to say the least. Uh, it. I mean, that was a hot knife through butter, I guess. Uh, also, has anyone ever actually used an electric knife? My parents had an electric knife for a billion years. Never saw it. Never never saw it used once. And this was a great use of it. It works really well, apparently. <laughs> yeah, clearly. Those things always just stayed in the, like, the, uh, the, ju- the junk cupboard, you know? Yes. You, you always have a, dr- yeah. a junk drawer, but there's also yeah. like, the, like, the, like the George Foreman grill goes next to that that knife but yeah it's like a sawzall she just went at it it was amazing it was disgusting that fall i this wasn't even i don't again i don't know if this was the pinnacle of grossness for me it's it gets more gross (laughs) yeah that this is not the worst how can they how can we say that how can we say that at all i don't know but they did such a fan what a great practical effect it's disgusting worst thing i've ever seen let's go on to the next worst thing i've ever seen okay great So we find out that Mia has to be purified by a living burial, dismemberment, or burning. That's the only way that we can get rid of these deadites. So Natalie comes back, and we we see her, her silhouette, if you will, and we hear a nail gun, the sound of it just being used, and uh, her face emerges, and there's nails in her face. And that's great. That's fantastic. I think it needed that. So, um, you know, she uh, starts shooting the nail guns, nails at Eric and David. And um, here, here, comes, here comes more of Eric's punishment because they go through every part of his hand possible. And you really are like, this is the worst thing that's going to happen to Eric in this scene. This is terrible. It's really gross. And this is awful. No, she disappears for a minute and she comes back with a crowbar. And after she 
lightly grazes, if you will, David. She goes over to Eric and smashes his hand in half and then just beats him in the head, which honestly, to me, is was way worse than the hand. Like, just the hits in the mm-hmm. head. Holy mm-hmm. shit. God damn. Uh, like, I have, given it. I have brain trauma now. <laughs> yeah. No, she was giving it to him. The, the the hand splitting down the middle though I mm, I I'd rather I, I'd want to be put out in my misery at that point. Yeah, yeah I have brain trauma now. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah. That's, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it was it was pretty gnarly. It's it's cool, well not cool, but the 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 character transformation of Eric as as not only is he losing a lot of blood at this point because he's been shot with nails and stabbed and he's going through a lot of having a like, bad day. like he's he is they did a very good job at acting out like brain injury because for the rest of the movie he's like i don't feel so good <laughs> like it's it's a good it's a good portrayal i think of of like a an injury it's it's rough but even after this right so he kills yes. he, he kills his girlfriend to, to save Eric, and then Eric is just sitting there maniacally laughing because yeah. he, because he knows he knows at this point there is no hope they are going to die, and also he might have a brain injury or two. So I also, don't know. also the, the, <laughs> yes, they, <laughs> one one can be the other. Little column A, little column B. <laughs> He's like, I lost hope. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> so David picks the shotgun up. He as she. You know, Natalie tries to go for the final blow and he shoots her arm off and she immediately transforms back into her normal self. And she's like, oh, my face hurts. I got nails in it. What's up? And then she dies from blood loss because she is missing two arms. Um, yeah, It's one of those few deaths when the person actually isn't possessed by a deadite when they die. And I, I thought that was pretty cool. So mm. David is... Uh, struggling to say the least to kill his sister and he decides that instead of burning her because uh, he hears the old nursery rhyme being sung that their mom used to sing them uh, from her coming from the basement decides i can't burn her so i'm going to bury her alive so he goes down to the basement to try to get her and she almost drowns him in this weird jacuzzi looking thing i don't really know what it was it was just <laughs> i a think weird- it's a well it was a weird corner a corner pool, um, if you will. <laughs> I was curious about that as well. I don't know what the fuck it was. It's because of all the hair when they dumped into like the the oh, well water, like it just backed up sense. and exploded into the cellar. But whenever this corner pool jacuzzi, um, you know, thing was, uh, she, Mia tried to drown him and almost succeeds, but Eric still being the man. Uh, comes down and he saves him by hitting me in the head with the crowbar. And then he, you know, he's, he dies because that's what a normal person would do after all of these injuries. He dies finally. <laughs> and um, it's, it's a sad scene. We see David. He's very sad and remorseful. And he just kind of like lets him drift away in the basement, which is flooded. I, I don't know. I don't know what else he's supposed to do with that body, so he just kind of lets it go. Yeah, it was a little anticlimactic with the body. He's yeah. like, oh no! <laughs> <He was> like, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> right, you, you go ahead and float on now, brother. Alright, see what you later. Go on, what are you buddy? do with him? <laughs> that is the least of his worries right now. I, I don't know. Like, Maybe he'd send him off in flames like a Viking funeral. Yeah, I don't know. I wanted a Viking funeral, honestly. <laughs> so David manages to get Mia. He you know, she's already knocked out. So he takes her outside and he buries her. And one of the coolest scenes for me, one of the creepiest scenes, uh, while she's like screaming at him and is trying to, the deadite is like playing games with his head and is like, oh, I can't breathe. I'm dying. Why are you doing this to me? He doesn't buy it. And eventually he gets her almost like up to her head and she just starts breathing in in and out in this plastic bag and just dead eyes on him the whole time and then all of a sudden he finally buries her and she's gone and the sound stops and he quickly digs her back up to try to resuscitate her which fails a couple times but then 
he manages to bring her back. Um, so as he resuscitates her, he says, hang on, I just got to go get the car keys and we are getting out of here. Uh, but he is stabbed by the corpse of Eric. My man, he's back. <laughs> Was that anticlimactic for you? <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like if he had done anything else with the body. Hmm. <laughs> it's not like bodies have come back already, you know? Like, come on. No. No. All right, what's the kill count out at this point? We are. Are we counting Grandpa? No. Oh, three. Why not? Because <laughs> <It>, <laughs> the book, I think, says five people, right? This is like when five people are murdered, not dog. I'm not saying that you're a dog murder enthusiast. I'm just not not saying it is all. <laughs> As David gets stabbed in the neck, he closes the door so that Mia can't get in. He falls against the door to block it. He takes the shotgun and he shoots the gasoline can, which immediately lights a gigantic fire and it kills both himself and Eric. And this is the part where I was like, fuck, I don't know what's going to happen because up to this point, it was pretty similar to the original. And now we just killed the, what would be Ash of it. So I had no idea where we were going. So yeah, they tee, like, like we said, they tee up these characters so they can kind of follow similar tropes and journeys of the characters from the original 1980. But, he, but here's the big twist. And it doesn't have to be like this pandering thing where it's like, nope, we have Ash as a female now. It becomes that organically, right? Because everything would suggest that her her brother is is going to kind of take that role because we expect Mia to die at this point he buries her we saw that we see the light in the flame go out and but no she's back and now we get yet another character change from Jen Levy Jen Levy Jane Levy Jane Lynch Jane Lynch in this movie would be weird right? <laughs> <laughs> she'd make a great deadite <laughs> yeah yeah i just think but of yeah, her in role models yes <laughs> Playing with the hot dog, like, check out this. Oh. <laughs> it would add the comedy I need in yeah. this movie. The Deadite's like, I'm going to eat your fucking cock. And she's like, you mean like this? You mean this one? <laughs> check out what this. are you doing later, big boy? With the death of our main character, or what we thought was the main character, that is, that's five, right? Because Mia did die. She did Correct. die. And you know Correct. what happens? What happens? Blood begins to rain down. Let the raining blood. Uh, yes, Slayer begins to play. And we just have to listen to this for the last fifteen minutes. They put it on repeat. It's so much time. It's a lot. <laughs> so, as I was saying, the blood begins to rain down, and mia is attacked by the abomination who just comes out of the ground and is just like okay i'm here um and uh just quickly expediting this whole thing mia finds a chainsaw and manages to sever the abomination's feet as she's trying to get away from it but in the process of trying to get away she loses her hand because the abomination flips david's jeep onto her arm and oh my god i got goosebumps at this part as the abomination is crawling towards Mia, who's now standing with her hand missing and chainsaw in hand and stump, uh, the abomination says, I will suck out your soul. And Mia replies, suck on this, and promptly bisects the abomination, yes. killing it once and for all. So Holy awesome. fuck, it was amazing. <laughs> Such a good scene. She and she just face with a chainsaw. Yes, it's amazing. I love that Mia's like screaming as she's doing it too. She's like, ah! it's great. So but this whole scene, like her trying to get away from it, um, the part where she's in that, she's crawling through the small hole trying to crawl away from it, and then it's just right behind her. Like, very, very like, I mean, a lot of movies do it, but like alien esque, right? Where they're in the vents and everything. Very cool. Love, love this whole ending. And it all ends with that line that is like really cheesy, 
but so satisfying that you're just like, mm-hmm. fuck yeah, hit him with it. Like, oh, it's so good. But it's just the right amount, right? And it's a very appropriate time for like a one sweet one liner. Yep. And they nail it. You know, it's not. It's not. She's too been hokey. through enough. She 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 was allowed this. Yeah, give her her Schwarzenegger one liner. You know Hell what I mean? Yeah, yeah it's. This is a great ending. Like, there's just no other words for it. It's just a great ending, and it's like we said. I don't know. I don't know if we mentioned this exact portion, but the ending of this movie took. Would we say fifty thousand gallons of blood just for the finale? Yeah, fifty thousand gallons of blood. That is insane. Just, just for the ending, and I mean, obviously they had to shoot different pieces on different days, which means getting the blood sprinkler back up and running. You know, it takes so long to set those things up, but it's uh, it's amazing to me how much they they did with that. And and speaking of the cinematography earlier, and and some of the and all the special effects and whatnot, apparently they filmed. Usually, I, I don't know how movies are made, but usually uh, movies are just made with whatever scene they can kind of like blop out at the moment based on, you know, timing and whatever else. Scheduling uh, and whatnot, yep. Yeah, oh, yeah. Exactly. Most, most movies are not filmed in actual, like, in order. order. Sequentially, like, yeah. yeah. And that's why they were so willy-nilly with the blood, especially throughout half this movie, was they they shot it in sequential order, which I guess some people would be upset about. But when you're throwing around, you know, hundreds of gallons of of blood every scene yeah you need it to be in order i guess because oh, <laughs> you're not cleaning that up imagine shooting this scene first all right now let's take three <laughs> weeks to clean up all this so we can do the everyone arrives scene right yeah 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 our, we may have our scheduling wrong here we may have fun <laughs> no you just arrive on set like you just got done like calling your mom like saying hey i landed in New Zealand, like let's. I can't. I'm so excited. Let's do this immediately. Just buckets of blood, drenched, drenched. Buckets all of over blood, you. missing a hand, holding a chainsaw, and you have I... to scream at the top of your lungs every day for the next week. <laughs> all right, you good? Do you need a coffee? You good? Need anything? Okay. <laughs> I I usually don't care about like the behind the scenes stuff, and I, and I, admittedly, I haven't watched many like interviews post uh, watching the movie this time around. But I I just wonder how the conversations went when they were pitching the remake of this movie to people who may or may not have ever seen an evil dead movie in the past. Like I it, like this, this is going to be gory. Yeah. Okay. I've seen some, no, 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 <laughs> you, you don't really know. Uh, or like check out how much blood there's, are you, are you squeamish? Like it, these are really weird questions to ask, I guess, but I, I wonder how it went down. All right. And that's the movie, except it's not. Because there's two post-credit scenes. One is Mia is picked up by a townsperson who's like, oh my god, you're missing an arm. I'll take you to the hospital. And then her eyes abruptly open up. And then it leads to our second uh, credits, which leads to our last and most important end credit scene, which is just a shot of Bruce Campbell. And he says, groovy. And then everything ends. I did love just the turn of his head and just like that jump cut music with it. Yeah. I was like, oh God, what's going to happen? Groovy. Okay. <laughs> Great. What's, what's going to happen is by the time the next Evil Dead movie comes out in 2023, he would have already uh, retired as physically acting as Ash. That's what happens. Yep. That's a movie. He did go on record and say that he is he's t- retired from that character, correct? Um, physically acting, yes. Like, um, they recently came out with a video game back in May, and he, uh, he voiced, uh, all the different incarnations of Ash in it, and he's open, I think a lot of people are, I think they're trying to maybe continue the, the TV series that was going, uh, trying to continue as, Mm -hmm. like, maybe, like, an animated feature. Hmm, okay. Because the show kind of failed because it was on stars and Mm -hmm. nobody knew it Has existed it. until it can- <laughs> yeah exactly until it got canceled then people found it on netflix yeah um when you said he like physically had been done playing ash i was like is he is he mentally still ash like is he just walking <laughs> yeah. around groovy He's just waking up head. and duct taping a chainsaw to his left hand every day. yeah oh, no i can't do that anymore now stop <laughs> bruce your mortgage is Actually- too groovy <laughs> <laughs> I uh, so uh, I I didn't completely hate it. It's just that was the closest thing to to pandering. When I first saw it, I was like, okay, they they had to do this one thing because I always thought like 
even though that was a strength of the old movies, Bruce Campbell as Ash, it was a strength. Their reliance and dependency on him as a character, I thought is what made it weak because it was too much like, hey, let's make this guy. It, they almost made it kind of like an Indiana Jones. It was like an action adventure kind of thing because of Bruce Campbell. And he, he plays a great character, but it took away from how horrifying and gruesome and intense and gory that this movie could have been. And that's what this movie was. It was all of those things. So I got everything I wanted. And then everyone who loves the original, right, which I'm not necessarily one of those people, they even get what they wanted in a quick Bruce Campbell cameo. So I think, I, th I think, you know, all hands are shaken at this point and, you know, all the, all the marks were met. This movie's too good. Don't, don't not say it. <laughs> it's too good. <laughs> it's too good. Yeah, just, yeah. just go. Don't eat dinner while watching it. Just yeah. <laughs> don't. This is my patented uh, don't eat dinner award because it, it just would have. Wow. You don't give those out lightly. No, because I or always, ever I make. Yeah. Or ever I make and eat dinner usually while I'm watching these movies. And this one was a little much. <laughs> <laughs> to Even, say the least. Even like the garbage little scenes, like oh, here's a knife just sliding through your leg. Ow, owie, that hurt. There's, yes. <laughs> there's a lot of bad. There's a lot of bad scenes. Don't do it while you're eating. But uh, you know, speaking of being uncomfortable and scared, Dan, what kind of a spoopy meter we got this week? Well, you guys know what it is. I know what it is. Um, so they used fifty thousand gallons on the last part of that movie. Uh, but in total, they used about 70,000 gallons of blood in this movie. So how much blood are I, I want to think like, um, what the hell is that movie called? Um, she's a maniac, maniac. Flash dance? Yeah. Color purple. Flash hell yeah. Dance. You're going to flash dance this and pour 70,000 <laughs> Nope. Nope. Hold on. The color purple? Was I, I wrong? You know what? Yes. Yes, <laughs> yes you were. Guys, imagine that you're in the you color sure? purple. <laughs> no, that's oh the color purple. God. It's when Patrick Swayze goes into that bar and he starts beating yeah. everyone up, right? <laughs> that's why it's called purple, because he beats everyone up. And then, yeah, and then they start singing, <laughs> she's a maniac, she's and, a maniac. She, and the she is Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> uh -huh. and that's when she got her groove back. <laughs> yeah, she played Stella. <laughs> so what are you talking about, cool. Kyle? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my bad. All right, so, so uh, yeah, Im imagine that you're in the color purple, and uh, how much gallons of blood would you use? Uh, <laughs> man, if it's... If I'm grossed out, and I'm counting it as grossed out, and uncomfortable, and, and scared, th this movie is is so good it's i'm giving it the full finale of 70 or sorry of fifty thousand. i i wasn't like i wasn't scared during this movie i guess there's a lot of definitely really good jump scares in this and it like you know uh, that's what gives it such a high regard but also it's just an uncomfortably disgustingly beautiful movie so yeah it's getting a 50 for me uh it, it, i wasn't you know i'd watch it again i wasn't under the covers but yeah 50k uh, yeah, I'm giving it all of the blood. I was terrified majority of the movie, but in a good way. I really enjoyed it. And I am one of the, the people that Jarvis doesn't like that does love the original. But after seeing this, it's more so like, I'm glad I have the original because I got this later on down the road. Um, And just the, the subtle nods to the original in it. Like, besides the Bruce Campbell post credits, like, um, you know, main character at the end only has one hand and a chainsaw, and the little, there's the hidden um, voice audio of Cheryl. Um, it, it's just fantastic, and I just can't wait for the next one, but yeah. Full... In the scream, right? Mm -hmm. In the scream. When the yeah. door bursts open, yeah. Uh, so yeah, all of the blood, if you haven't seen it, for the love of God, see it. Bro, I I have talked this movie up since the day I saw it. I think I've uh, legitimately I think I've seen this movie about thirty times, and I never shy away from an opportunity to watch it. It's fucking terrifying. This is as terrifying as a movie gets. Truthfully, I've never done this, and I don't think I ever will again. 
but this gets a perfect score for me, for me, because I, frankly, this was a movie, uh, its predecessor, I kind of had vendettas against, and it's everything that I wanted that movie to be. It scared the hell out of me. I couldn't take my eyes off the screen, and I wanted to so badly. It's every single drop of blood, all 70,000 gallons. And I'm dancing like I never. I gotta stop singing, or we're gonna get sued. Um, so <laughs> yeah, I'm pouring, I'm pouring the whole thing on me because it was entertaining, it was creepy, it had good body horror, and I loved it. Oh my god, it was so good. Um, yeah, totally suggest. Super good. Well, with that, watch this super good movie with all of your friends. You know, invite your grandma to watch it. Invite her to listen to the podcast too, because uh, I think she'd like it. We're so lonely. Please, please. <laughs> Do you guys have any friends out there? Any of you? Yeah. If you get They're two friends, horrible. and they get two friends, <laughs> and then they get two friends, and so we on. might have, and so we on. might have six people. I I hope Travis like overlays your voice over and over again, just like and, and they, they have two friends, friends. And, and they, they have, have two friends, friends. <laughs> and they, they have, have two friends. friends. And they, and they, and they, and they, and they, they, yeah. Uh, yeah, please uh, come toward us, do, do your thing uh, while you're there. Get, give uh, give Andrew Cavanaugh and Connor McLeod a shout out. Just do it. They'll love you. And, and you know, they assist us. So, they, you know, maybe they assist you. I don't know. But either way, uh, thank you, Travis, as well, if you're editing this or whoever decides they're going to edit this. Um, otherwise, Chris, what do you have to say to all the deadites out there? Thanks for stopping by and having a horrible time. Yeah, can you give him like a little Garth Brooks, but in that voice? No. Uh, oh, if you can give us some you. Garth Brooks, Colin and I would be so happy. Or <laughs> like some Chris Gaines. Uh, yes. Long I thought you were going with Long Man. <laughs> can you sing neon no. moon like a dead eye? that's alan jackson you fucking don't <laughs> if my mother-in-law ever heard me misquoting that man she oh my god <laughs> wait i think i'm wrong too fuck i'm a fucking don't i think it's brooks and dunn <laughs> well aren't we just done with this god damn it it's brooks and dunn <laughs> It is Brooks and Dunn because I made a meme about it. Fuck you. <laughs> you know what? I deserve that. And I'm sorry. I'm into BDSM. Brooks and Dunn singing Neon Moon. <laughs> <laughs> the N is silent. Uh-huh. Uh huh. That's Brooks and Dunn. <laughs> Brooks, and- Br- Brooks and Dunn. Anyway. <laughs>